prayer for illumination, but I feel I might need to raise a prayer for forgiveness. The beginning of the sermon is going to seem very strange, but I promise you I will get to a point. So hang in there. Disaster struck my house this week. On Tuesday night, my wife Elizabeth and I were trying to do some of that last-minute cleaning, you know, like clean every room and thing in the house before our guests arrived on Wednesday. And we realized that the guest bathroom toilet was wobbling a little bit more than either one of us was comfortable with. It didn't take long for us to realize that it was indeed broken and that fixing it was going to take a lot more time than we had left. When I was talking to a congregation member the next day, he jokingly described having a broken toilet after having a broken oven as the number two worst thing to happen during Thanksgiving week if you are hosting, no pun intended. It's kind of comical how important that little porcelain throne is when you really think about it to your day-to-day life and what a privilege it really is to have access to one. And this wasn't always the case. Actually, in the history of the toilet, which of course I had to then go and look up, Toilets were often reserved for a higher class. It was the kind of infrastructure that wasn't available to everyone. But as the world went on, more and more people had access. And actually in 19, or sorry, 1596, Sir John Harrington built a flush toilet for Queen Elizabeth I. And like the actual throne, and this is how the toilet got the moniker of the throne, it was said that this was one of two seats in the entire world that only the queen could sit on. But from royalty and exclusivity, it became really obvious in the 18th and 19th centuries that toilets were actually and could be a really important part of public health. And so toilets became more and more common. And even here in the year of our Lord, 2023, I can attest, after spending an entire morning trying to fix mine, that the toilet, or should I say the throne, remains the most important seat in the house. But to be fair, my preoccupation with thrones actually started well before Tuesday evening, and I didn't tell my wife this, but I think me thinking about thrones may have manifested our problem in some way. And no, I wasn't thinking about toilets, I was thinking about actual thrones. And that may seem really strange to the average person, but when one's preaching on what is known as Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday, thrones actually come up a lot. Thrones are a primary image we have for understanding royalty and rule. 
And even as we have, as a denomination, reframed this liturgical day to also talk about Matthew 25 and eliminating systemic poverty, we hear in that grounding Matthew 25 scripture the description of the coming day of judgment as Christ sitting on a throne of glory. Thrones represent not just the seat of power, but also the authority of the one who rules. It was a place in the world that a person could go to to see the king or queen and to have their concerns heard or judgment passed. Thrones were symbolic. And boy, do we Christians love symbols. We love ornate and shiny things that make understanding our faith feel really simple. We're coming up into a season where we're going to have a lot of pageantry and symbolic uh, ornamentation in our sanctuary. And we love the idea of, of Christ sitting as a king on a throne of glory, passing judgment over the people. And even though none of us have ever lived under a real monarchy, it doesn't matter that it doesn't quite make practical sense in our lives. What is important is that we know what it means. When I say throne, you know what I'm talking about. God put this power to work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And God has put all things under Christ's feet and made him head over all things for the church, which is his body. Christ is Lord, Christ is King, Christ is ruler of all. And if we didn't really want to talk about the other scriptures this morning, we might all just agree and go home. We like thrones, or at least we like the idea of thrones, because if we believe in the idea of thrones, then we will know exactly where to find Jesus when we need him. It's like the public of old, all we really want, all we're really craving is a place to know that we are heard and seen by the one who is to rule over us. And we've tried really hard to make places to encounter and experience Christ. I mean, think of the countless number of dollars and resources and human labor that have gone into making structures to encourage an experience of being close to God. There are basilicas and cathedrals and mega churches and warehouse churches. I mean, look at this beautiful sanctuary. Look around you at all of this stained glass and woodwork. Can you imagine the countless hours it took to dye every little pane 
mold it into these windows or to carve the pews out of trees and to install them in their places. And I think if many of us were pressed in our daily lives to say where we often feel the closest to God, perhaps many of us would have our minds wander back to these windows and these pews and the people that are sitting in them. And when buildings were not enough, we also tried to build orthodoxy or ways of believing that could hold us close to this throne of God we seek so much. We created practices and ways of thinking that were unyielding, thinking that that was our most faithful response to a mysterious God driven by our simplest understandings of faith. And so we create these liturgical days like Christ the King as though we need a reminder of the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe. We try to make thrones out of our churches and out of our beliefs and out of our ways. And we try to pass judgment as though we are the ones who decide who gets an audience with Christ. That's the danger of simple. And often scripture, if we look at it fully, challenges us to rethink the simplest parts of our beliefs. The image of the Lord God given to us by the prophet Ezekiel is not an almighty king. No, it's a shepherd. The sheep the shepherd seeks out are not the stout and the strong, but the lost and the injured and the weak. The prophet says, God, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. It is not the Lord God calling the sheep to a throne, but rather God going out to be present with marginalized and to bring them back. And it's the same for Matthew who says the Son of Man comes in glory and he will lift up the ones who cared for the least of those among us. For in caring for them, we care for Christ. So where is the throne of God? Where is the place where we can be present to Christ and have Christ be present to us? Well, friends, that is complicated. It's complicated because there is no one place on earth that is big enough to hold all of God's glory. The complicated truth that Christ points us to this morning and every day of our life is that the throne of God and the opportunity to be present to Christ is in each and every one of us. The opportunity to encounter our risen Lord is in each and every one of us. It is in our brokenness when it is met by the kindness of another. It is in our needs when they are met by the gifts of God offered to us by another. It is in our going out and seeking out one another 
and standing in solidarity with our neighbors in the margins. And for those of us who would prefer to keep our thrones, to stay in our buildings with our orthodoxy and our ways of being and our faith and our simple understandings of who and what God is and who and what God is for. The prophet foretells for us that eventually we will find our own destruction in the meal of justice that God will give us to eat. If we really want to proclaim the reign of God, if we really want to say that Christ reigns in our hearts, we can do so by seeking to serve one another. For if we seek as God seeks, and if we find as God finds, then we too will be found by each other, by God's will. So where is the throne? Maybe we should just follow where Christ bids us to go, and we will find them. Amen.